You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. I'm a messenger of God. You're doomed if you stay here. What's up, guys? Welcome in to another episode of It's a Horror Podcast. My name is Wes. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Kevin. See, I told you I'd bring it back. Yeah, she brought it back. <laughs> Nicely done. Very nice. Well, tonight we're here. Uh, we're in our director series. Of course, we've covered some amazing directors already. Tonight we're going to cover one that uh, he, he's all over the board. He's just uh, his hand in everything. Um, kind of like when I have my hands in Kevin. It's just uh, they're everywhere. So, um, <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> Both of them, it, uh, elbow deep. Um, that's more like arms, not hands. Anyway, I, I digress. Uh, <laughs> our director tonight. I know, <laughs> sorry, I got a little, uh, little into it there, and no, no pun intended. Uh, tonight, we're going to be covering a director that has, like I said, has done so much stuff. Uh, a guy by the name of James Wan, and you'll know him from a plethora of films. Uh, and I, and, and <sighs> I heard a lot of stuff about him. The fact that people, you know, either love him or they hate him or you know, they just like some of his stuff and all of his stuff. And he's one of those directors that kind of, you know, it's kind of like James Cameron. You know, James Cameron has the same kind of feel, you know, like people either love his stuff or they hate his stuff or, you know, they just like certain films that he puts out. So, uh, he has the same kind of, uh, you know, repertoire kind of a filmography out there. So, uh, you know, we'll see which ones we, we pick tonight. I'm kind of curious to see what Kevin has and, uh, yeah, see what we think about it. So, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of a intro with James Wan, and then we'll get into his history. Yeah, so, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, it's love it or hate it. Um, James Wan is the bee's knees right now. Um, I think mm. he's pretty much the gold standard in horror. As you can see, he releases a movie, and then, and then there's three, four spinoffs of that film alone. And then each film will find a character from the previous film, and they get their own film, The Nun, um, Annabelle, you know, so on and so forth supposed to be the crooked man movie coming out but we'll see how that works uh but james yeah. wan man i i personally really enjoy his films i i think that he provides a kind of uniqueness feel to a lot of his movies there's a lot of kind of underlying like neo-noir film aspects mm -hmm. which is actually kind of very interesting it's weird how that works with horror um a couple of my films on that list i will be mentioning about that later have that feel mm -hmm. um yeah. His use of a lot of the things he does is absolutely brilliant. I think the sound design, it, it, you don't really see that very common with what he does. The score of his films are all extremely memorable. You can, you could sing the, the Jigsaw theme song. You know, I'm thinking of the Dead Silence theme in my head. I'm thinking of the insidious, like, loud pings and tangs. It's just, it, the shit uh -huh. sticks with you. And that's what I think is yes. most important at the end of the day. And James Wan is a director who is very effective at what he does. I agree. Totally. That's, you said it perfectly, my friend. That's yeah. About well, you, sir. I'm, that's what I'm here for, ain't it? That's right. Well, yeah, I mean, that did look pretty. So, you know, <laughs> you look very pretty. Okay. Um, even though I can't see you. Um, all right. So now that we've laid all that groundwork down, let's get into uh, a little more history with him and see what his uh, filmography is and uh, all that good stuff. So here we go.
All right, and the director spotlight this week is James Wan. Now, he was born February 26, 1977, in Kuching, Sarawak, Malaysia. And he moved to Perth, Australia with his family when he was seven years old. And he actually also has Chinese descent. So he's been he's been around the world, man. You know, Australia is obviously where he met fellow um, kind of film writer, film director Lee Winnell, who, if anybody is familiar with him, they're just in each other's stuff constantly, just like Wes and I just always fingering each other. And, and the thing uh. is that there, yeah, Lee Winnell, he almost acts in more films than he directs. He's directed three films to date. Um, I've got that written down. Excuse my unprofessionalism. Uh, Lee Winnell has directed Insidious 3, Upgrade, and the most recent Invisible Man. But we're not talking about Lee Winnell today. We're talking about James Wan. They met at the uh, film school in Australia. And obviously, you know, Lee Winnell's in Saw and, and pretty much any James Wan film you can think of. Lee Winnell is either acted in it or directed or uh, written it, excuse me, or both. So, um... James Wan has 31 producer credits, 18 writer credits, and 12 director credits. Now, I was kind of surprised by this because just from the outside looking in, I thought that James Wan was more responsible for a lot of the sequels of his films. Um, I thought that he had done the Annabelle movies, for instance. He's never directed an Annabelle movie. I thought that he did The Nun and, you know, just all these movies that spawned off of his original idea, I assumed he was responsible for, but nope. He's only directed 12 films oh, only as if that's not a major feat in and of itself. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> and this is actually a very interesting thing about him. He is the second director in history to have two films that were not in the same franchise reach a billion dollars at the box office. Now, can you guess what his two films that reached a billion dollars were? I'm going to say, oh gosh, um... Insidious is one, maybe? No. Damn it. Oh, uh, I'll get one more guess. Um, Saw. No. So, very surprisingly, the two standouts in his filmography that he's directed, and I'll talk about his complete filmography in a second, Aquaman and Furious 7. Both? Well, okay, I guess I can see that. Yeah, I guess yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Some very standouts. He definitely has horror roots. Um, uh, Those are, honestly... I think the only two films he's directed that weren't horror and they f- fucking blew up. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that's me. That's honestly makes me so happy. You know, modern horror directors getting the kind of resilience and, and the, the, the notoriety that they deserve. And it's just, and he's a fantastic director. So I'm glad that he can kind of dip his toe in other genres and, just kind of like James Gunn, how he directed Slither, and now he's on to bigger and better things, man. He's directing the Guardians of the Galaxy and crazy shit like that. So, yes, um, yeah, James Wan directed Aquaman and Furious 7. Both reached a billion dollars at the box office. That's absolutely insane. Um, do you know who the uh, only other director to ever do that in history was? Uh, you mentioned his name in our last episode, actually, oh. believe it or not. Oh shoot! I was a James Cameron, James Cameron, but that can't be it. Um, yep, that is. Oh, is it James Cameron? Oh, cool. Yep. Okay, here we go. Yep, Perfect. for his films Titanic from 1997 and Avatar from 2009. Perfect. I haven't seen Avatar before, but uh, I've seen Titanic a billion times. So I fucking love Titanic. But how the f- uh, okay? Yeah. I'm confused. I did not understand how successful the Fast and Furious films were. Like, oh dude, just They're good. Think of how insane it is for a second to sit to think that a seventh film in a franchise. Reaches a billion dollars. 
How do you do that? Well, it's a lot has to do with Paul Walker and Ben Diesel. Um, Those Ah, two guys. I mean, they really have a lot of star power. Of course, with Paul Walker, you know, passing away, that kind of catapulted that entire franchise just even further. So, you know, it sucked. I mean, I miss him in films. He's such a great actor and a great person, just period. So it was really sad to see him pass. But if those two actors together, just they just pushed it to the top. So, yeah, I understand that. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. That's pretty much just kind of the background I've got on James Wan. Uh, Now, let me just go through some of the films. Now, I mentioned he has 12 director credits. So it's going to be a little quicker than our last episode, Dario Argento. I think we had like 20-something. So... Mm -hmm. Um, James Wan's first film. He co-directed a film in 2000 called Stygian. Now, I've never heard of this. I've never seen it. Um, as far as my knowledge goes, it's not really well, well known. I know nothing about it, actually. I looked it up on IMDb, and there's hardly anything about it. So, um, But conversely, his next film is his first solo directorial debut. That would be Saw from 2004. Now... Um, in terms of debuts, I don't know who else has been that successful with their first film they've ever directed. Other than, I, I'm maybe thinking of maybe Ari Aster with Hereditary, but that doesn't even touch the level of notoriety that Saw got. Saw like kind of revolutionized the genre, you know? And, and, and that's your first film you make. So, um, and actually that explains the next movie, uh, 2007, Dead Silence. Now, as soon as Saw came out, literally before it was even released in theaters, like, somehow i don't know financials and shit they can tell movies gonna be a huge hit they told james wan they were like hey motherfucker you need to you need to direct another movie asap like people are gonna eat this shit up and he's like i haven't even thought of like making another movie so he literally pigeonholed himself in a uh apartment and just pulled this script out of his ass and it turned out to be dead silence Um, fucking awesome which it, it's unfortunate. I mean, I'll mention more, obviously, maybe if I talk about this film later, we'll see. But um, he says that this movie is one of his like biggest regrets. Um, yes, uh, I obviously have a lot to say about that statement later on, but we're yeah. moving on. Um, yeah. He also directed another film in 2007 called Death Sentence. Uh, 2010, he kind of broke the fucking horror genre again. Insidious. Uh, plenty to talk about there. 2013 came out with The Conjuring again you know like literally it's funny because every single film you mention it's just like when it comes out that's the new craze and i i don't know who else has had that kind of influence on the genre john carpenter when his movies came out some of them were busts like the thing that one of my top 25 favorite films of all time completely tanked at the box office and you know so i don't really think that his name really meant a lot in film but like james wan Honestly, it's weird because you really don't think he's a household name, but, like, he's definitely someone to watch out for, man. Everything he touches is gold. So maybe I do need to watch Fast and Furious 7. So um, I'm telling you, have you watched the rest of them? Like, all the rest of the films? I've only seen, like, the first four uh, Fast and Furious movies. Dude, you need one day or a week or whatever and just watch all the films in sequence. They're actually really good. Like, it's, I say that and then people are going, oh, my God. But I actually really enjoy them. Like, there's a lot of fun. You know, they're not well, great shoot. stories or anything, but... You know, we'll have to yeah. uh, cover those and make a spinoff podcast. Ca- spinoff podcast oh, no. called "It's a It's an Action Podcast." Is it, if anyone's Ooh, interested in that, let us know. Seriously, <laughs> we'll do that. We're on it. We're on it. Shit, that'd actually be really fun. We might just did something. Um, Hell yeah! Do 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 the Terminators? Do RoboCop? Dude, do oh my god! Fast and Furious? Oh my god! Ooh, I we, think we may hey. have something going here. <laughs> 
we'll hey. see. We'll see. Uh, anyways, uh, so 2015, or oh shit, I skipped over one. He released The Conjuring in 2013. Also released Insidious Chapter Two in 2013. Uh, Fast and Fu- okay, I'm sorry. It's called Furious Seven. I know they're all fucked up with their, their naming and whatever. Came out in 2015. 2016, he directed the sequel to The Conjuring, The Conjuring Two, and then 2018, Aquaman. And then he actually has a film in post production called right uh, right now called Malignant, which just by the name alone sounds like it could be pretty brutal and exciting. But yep. again, post production. I guess it's filmed already, but we know kind of what films right now are going through in terms of being able to be sold. Uh, nobody knows what to do, so we'll fucking see. Yeah, no. um, and then also Aquaman two. He's been announced to direct that. Obviously, filming. I don't believe has started on that or anything, but he is in line to uh direct aquaman 2 and then something this is the fourth episode in the director's series that i'm gonna mention for the first time an upcoming producer credit he's scheduled to have he is scheduled to produce the next mortal Kombat film and i heard about that i am fucking living for it man i'm so excited Mm -hmm. that that has a chance to be so good and people people either love or hate like the mortal Kombat films because they're just they're so cheesy and campy but like uh, I love it so I love much. Them. That's my that's my I childhood. Yeah, dude, I'm with you, man. I love those fucking movies. Have you seen the uh, the series that uh, uh, it was Machinima put out on YouTube? It was like maybe ten episodes. Did you ever see that? I did. I saw the first couple episodes. It was kind of a letdown because they had a really? trailer. Yes, they had a trailer that originally came out. It was like a 15 or 20 minute trailer, and it looked insane. Like all the characters looked different than what they did. Like I think that they had they started with a big ass budget and they filmed like the trailer and like knocked that out real quick. Oh yeah. my god, dude! It looked like the second coming of Christ, if you will. <laughs> uh, and then and then with those ex- expectations, I watched the series. I, I think I only saw a couple episodes and it was just let down because the trailer. Holy shit! If you watched the trailer, you'd be like, "What the fuck happened here?" Well, yeah. Well, no, I actually liked it. I really thought it was really good, but maybe I need I to rewatch know. it again. Honestly, I think you do because, like I said, it, it was it wasn't a big budget, but I think they did a really, really good job of what they had. Honestly, I just you know, I don't know. So here we go. Yes, if sir. you haven't seen that, it's like I said, look up Mortal Kombat Machinima on YouTube and check it out. I know we're going way off the rails here, but anyway. <laughs> hey, it's a, it's a it's a uh, an action podcast, you know? Yeah, that's right. And we're going to transition right in the middle of the podcast. Cool. Oh shit! We can talk about all the Mortal Kombat's too. Wow! I'm telling you, dude. It's, hey, I, hit us, hey right. if anyone's interested in that, let us know. <laughs> we'll mean, definitely shit. do it. We'll definitely do it. Mm-hmm. I'm on it. I'm on it. Anyway, right, James Wong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was it. That was all I had. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, that's a lot. And he, like I said, he is straight fire, and you know, he's just he's a great guy, and has a freaking brilliant mind. So hell yeah, and. With Lee Wan L on you know by his side, you can't go wrong. So no, um, that's a power team, man. I'm telling you. It really is. It really is. But we know that there's always that one shitty pick we gotta talk about. It has the corn stuck in it and everything. It really stinks the bathroom up. And you know, Uncle Uncle John's always in there trying to, you know, push one out and pinch it off. So uh, let's just uh get into it and find out what Kevin has for us this week. Hey kids, it's time for Kevin's shit pick of the week. Okay, so I kind of had to go out of the realm. I could not, for the life of me, put a film he's directed here because none of them I feel deserve it. I had several ones that I had planned too, but upon really? a rewatch, 
Yes, upon a rewatch, I could not. I loved all of his movies. Um, I thought I didn't. And again, there's some films on my list I will talk about, kind of my history with them and my thoughts on them. So I had to dip into the producer pool. And um, interestingly enough, this is the only producer pick I have. Okay. Yes. So I thought I'd tip my hat here. Oh, okay. I'm going to preface this with two things. One, Wes and I have made a new rule, all right? Everyone, Everyone listen to this. Some directors don't have too many films that we have planned on doing, so we are dipping into the films they produced. We we will we have mentioned that we will only include one film they have produced in our list. Um, just because it's not fair, you know, for a film that someone produced to be in a shit pick, like that's not really fair because it's not really you know they didn't direct it or anything. So, um, but I I just had to do it here. Um, a film is called Demonic, released in 2015. Uh, have, have you checked this one out? I don't think I have. Um, it's one of those films that has such great potential. Um, it had a $3 million budget, which honestly nowadays isn't really that big. It's mind blowing to think that spending $3 million on a movie isn't big, but he wrote the story for this. So pretty much what this film's about, it's about a psychologist and a police officer investigate the deaths of five people who were killed trying to summon ghosts. So it's like a, they try to, they go to this haunted house. Imagine something like night of the demons. And it's like a bunch of kids and you're like, ooh, you know, like slasher vibes. Like this is going to be great, an old house and whatnot. And it it just turns out so bad. And it like the spirit kind of takes control of one of them and you don't really see the deaths. And it's just imagine it as lame as you possibly could. And that's how it kind of turned out, unfortunately. Yeah, um, that sucks. I like the haunted aspect, but I, I don't know. I think my expectations were I was kind of hoping for like a slasher-esque type thing, and it just really failed. Um, it has some big names in it. Dustin Milligan, who I believe did fucking Desperate Housewives or some shit, which mm, you know you know probably. all about that. Oh, I do. Um, oh, he was in Shark Night as well. He was the main Ooh, guy in okay. Shark Night. Yeah, he, like he's movie. the yeah. lead in this. Um, Aaron Yu, yeah. who was in Disturbia, as well as the Friday the 13th remake. In 21 and Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, a bunch of films Aaron Yu's in. I'm, I'm a huge fan of him, actually. So yeah, I saw him in this film, and I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be really cool. Because he always plays that kind of wacky, kind of stoner-esque person, you know? And yeah. it was just – I don't know what happened with this film, but there was just no life in it. It, it. Some films can just create atmosphere. I didn't really think this one had anything in it. So it was just – a flop in my opinion so unfortunately i'm sorry james Wan, for any of your films that i thought sucked i would definitely say this one even though he produced the story he didn't technically direct yeah but i guess the writing this writing credit i guess kind of hurts but you know i guess it is what it is exactly Um, and and plus um if if i just got one more little snippet to say yeah have you ever seen grandma's boy i have um, the film that the main, or the, I'm sorry, the video game that the main character is working on in that film is demonic. So every time, like, I hear about this demonic, I always think of that game in Grandma's Boy. <laughs> That's a good movie. I love, fucking love that movie. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's so good. I love it. It's so good. I'm going to watch it tonight, actually. Hey, it's, it's, um, a, it's a comedy podcast, don't you know? No, I mean, comedy, we got comedy, we got action, we just do all of them. We just, we, we have that name, and we just can run with it with any, uh, thing we want to, so. Such little time. <laughs> oh, I'm about to say, dude. God, I, we, we have problems getting this thing done. Imagine trying to add two or three more podcasts on oh, Twitch. Yeah. Ooh. Right. But if anyone wants to spin off and take that name, you know, of course, you have to pass royalties for it, but you, you know, 
go with it. So uh, hit us up first and let us know what's going on. Anyway, back to it. All right, let's just get into uh, our first pick. And I'm really anxious to see what you got. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Number five. He doesn't want us to cut through our chains. He wants us to cut through our feet. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Demonic spirits don't possess things. They possess people. He wanted to get inside of you. You know, um, that you can make a scary movie where the visual isn't necessarily the best. You may not have the most money to pull off something right. But if you have a score that basically hits you in the gut, that really reaches down, that's what makes it terrifying. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. That's great. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And that's the thing too that when he says that you know about the score and everything, literally that is the most important thing about these movies, and it's just mind blowing how well he is at that. Um, mm-hmm. All right, my number five. Right. This might be a uh, unsubtle pick to some. It might ruffle some feathers, but that's what I'm here mm-hmm. for. Call me Big Bird, baby. Let's ruffle some feathers, right? So I've got The Conjuring yeah. from 2013. Okay, all right. There we go. Yes. Good deal. Let's hear it. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Had I not watched this again, it would have been my shit pick. Really? Um, yes. I saw this film when it first came out. I went to the drive-in. I was so let down because it's one of those things, again, man, everyone's like, oh, my God, this is great. This is great. This is great. And this was kind of before I, like, did a lot of research into horror and knew who people were. I didn't know it was directed by James Wan, you know, and it was just – I didn't know anything about it, so I just watched it, and I don't know if, like, I don't know what happened, but I'm maybe the screen was dark, you know how, like, drive-ins get too dark, and I couldn't see some things, maybe the, the audio was too low or something, but I just watched right. this again the other day, man, I had a really, really good time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just this, it's very, very creepy, and again, I like to, <laughs> I like to kind of include this film into something I, what I call, um, bore door scares where there's just door like door shutting like bore i don't that is what bothers me if a door shuts or slams that's not scary Mm -hmm. if you don't show anything um right like uh, paranormal activity comes to mind i call i put that in the bore doors uh category (laughs) um oh man that's i'm sure we'll talk about those someday but god rest our soul when we do um Uh, so the conjuring i was not a fan man i hated it when it first came out and for some reason there's always that little feeling in inside of you that if a movie is huge not that you want to hate it but it it kind of fuels your fire as to why do people like this it makes you think it makes you wonder you're like i don't understand and it makes you hate the movie almost more because you don't understand the hype um that was mine with this film i watched this again this week this movie's great. I mean, it's and it's funny. That's why I always think if you hate a movie, just give it another shot because you don't know what situation you might have been in. You know, you might have you might I could have been having diarrhea or something and missed something. You know, the first time I saw it. You know, you never know what happens. Um, I, mean, I could know, have been angry. No way, yeah. no, angry as uh, worse would it be? So I agree. Exactly. And I, like I mentioned in the last episode, when I saw Suspiria, how spiritual that movie was to me because I was eating rice cakes with queso and watching that movie. It really planted itself in my brain. So it's all about what you eat too, man. Find something you love to eat and then watch a movie or try something new and watch a movie and it'll 
they always say that when you're studying for a test, chew gum. And then when you're doing the same test, chew the same kind of gum. Obviously not the one that you chewed before, but a new piece of that <laughs> gum. And and your flavors are supposed to trigger this kind of memory. Uh, so like flavors and taste really kind of work with your brain somehow in, in a certain way. So if you're eating good and you're just, you're going to have a good time. Um, again, this is a film where I can't really say anything that hasn't been said. Um, the score, brilliant acting, fantastic, uh, big name actors. Uh, Patrick Wilson is a fucking saint, but that's, I want to, okay. I'm going to talk about that real quick too. I don't want to go too many rants early on and bore people, but Patrick Wilson is in all these goddamn movies and he's like a different person in every single one. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. He's he's one of the conjurers in the conjuring. He's the dad in the insidious films, and he's like probably in other ones that I haven't seen. God knows, but anyways, yeah, Patrick Wilson's great. Um, yeah. Is that Thaisa Farmiga or Vera Farmiga? No, it's Vera. Thaisa is her sister. Okay, okay, that's right. I, I couldn't tell which was which. She's yeah. she's brilliant, but the scares oh, are no. extremely well done. Um, the closet scene scared the poops out of me. <laughs> uh, it's just yeah I'm so happy that I rewatched this film because I didn't want to I really don't like giving films undeserved hate just based on my own ignorance of not knowing exactly what I'm talking about I like to make sure that I'm rehearsed in what I'm talking about you know so I'm not just sprouting off I'm not I don't want to talk negative or talk too good about a movie you know I always like to keep it refreshed and keep it on the top of my brain and make sure that I'm giving it my own personal best so yeah, I like it. Very good, very good. Like I said, it's number five, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of films to do, so I'm, I'm impressed you put it up there. So excellent, very good stuff. Well, I'm gonna throw a little curveball here to you. My number five is The Conjuring Part Two. Oh, oh okay. I thought you were gonna say the same one. I was about to say, oh, okay. no, 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 okay. The Conjuring Part Two. Um, you'll see why in a minute. But um, I, I really enjoyed this film. I really do. It's uh, it's it. it it doesn't really one up the first one, but it just goes a different route. And um, this movie is super fucking creepy. Uh, you know, it talks about the crooked man. Of course, we're talking about that being a spinoff, you know, here in the, you know, a year or two, whatever, whenever it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but this just has a really cool feel to it. A lot of people like this one, honestly. And it, you know, it kind of bums me out because I do like this film a lot. Like, I, you know, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, I just really find that this has, um, like I said, a different feel than the first one, but it also gives a different type of story. Uh, it leads you in different directions, which I love, and kind of turns you on your head a few times. Uh, it has a couple of false endings, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the I think the, the creepiest part about this it really is the Crooked Man part where it has like the little tent set up at the end of the hallway. Um, that plays into the movie a lot, which I fucking love because, you know, it takes you back to being a kid and, you know, liking those little secret hideouts. You can kind of put stuff in and hide and everything, you know, and it turns that around into like this thing of like something's in there, you know, so don't fucking go in there, you know, but it's like you want to, you want to go in there because it's your little, you know, escape. So it kind of fucks with you, which is really cool. Um, I like the way that the little girl in it is kind of thrust into this world of, you know, demons or ghosts or whatever is you know haunting them and it's like they put her at the forefront so you kind of have to be wary of you know do you want to you know hurt this child trying to get this demon out of the house or do you want to let it just kind of do its thing but that's uh, being a dad also is just kind of hard watching 
when kids get pulled and stuff like this too, because it's just like, damn it, you know, like the fucking kids alone, you know, but, um, I don't know. Uh, the story is really cool and it actually is based on a true story. So what do you think is also badass? Um, but it's just creepy. The whole movie's creepy. Um, has a lot of, you know, uh, cool special uh, camera tricks that kind of, you know, would like they're sitting there talking to uh, the, the little girl in the chair and Bill Wilkins chair. And like all of a sudden it like almost morphs into him as she's talking like him, which is really cool. But you can't see because it it's blurry. So it's really cool how that kind of, they kind of work that in and it's very subtle, but it's so effective uh, at the same time because, you know, you know, it kind of catches you off guard. So I think there's a lot of stuff maybe you know, kind of catches you off guard. Uh, but the ending is very, it's very sad. Like it's, you know, it's, I won't say how it ends if you haven't seen it before, but the ending is, has a sad note to it. And, um, there's some epic, epic lines in this film. Uh, there's one that, uh, I'm not sure exactly the line. Like I posted in my story the other day, but it says something like she was also talking to a little girl here for make his characters talking to a little girl. It's, uh, Warren, um, oh God, uh, Lorraine, Lorraine Warren. And she was talking to a little girl outside and she was this great. When you meet someone that, you know, that gets you, you know, and, you know, uh, but it's, you know, this few and far between, you know, and she, and she said, well, what do you do when you meet those people? She goes, oh, I married him. So I think that was just kind of cool, you know, telling how connected the Warrens really were uh, from the very start, all the stuff. Uh, of course, it starts, the movie starts out with them investigating the end of a horror case, which that kind of put them on the map, um, which I think is very interesting. Um, I like the fact they didn't put that in the first one, because I think that would have definitely... Uh, kind of brought the second one down a few notches because that kind of sets up the movie really well. It kind of, you know, shows how they became, who they became, and then it kind of just elevates it to the level that they're on now. So, uh, right. but this movie's it's it's really great. Of course, Valak is introduced in this film, which is the nun. Um, so that's another spinoff right there. But and I love the way they introduce her too with the painting, and then when she goes into oh, the office and the god. painting. Oh god, dude, that fucking scene, man! I don't know what the fuck, but that's some scary ass shit right there. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, good good stuff, really really good stuff. So definitely check that one out. So um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add or if you want to wait or if you just want to. This was another film that like. I, I remember liking this more than The Conjuring uh, when it came out. Maybe I do still. Maybe I don't. We'll we'll see in a little bit. But it's just a really good good movie. It, it's so solid, too. I just think that this kind of lacks a lot of the the scares from the first uh, Conjuring, a lot of the creepiness. Um, it, But, I mean, there's still a lot. You know, there's still a lot of scary things in this movie. You know, the, uh, the tent thing and obviously the crooked – Okay, I'm gonna say I'm not a fan of the Crooked Man. He just seems too like cartoonish for me. Um, yeah, I can see that. However, a lot of people would say that about the demon in Insidious, which again is another movie I might talk about later. But I, yeah. I don't know. I, this one's just a little dry to me. Um, the United Kingdom setting is just very gloomy, and it kind of just not that it doesn't drag. This is not a boring film by any means, but it is I think like two hours and twelve minutes long. It's, it's, long. it's a longer one. So that can sometimes detract a film that can sometimes make it better. You, it, but in this terms, I, uh, I, I just kind of feel like maybe I would have liked this more if um, it was a little shorter. But yeah, you know, it, like it's a good one. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely a good movie. Perfect. Perfect. Well said. Well said. All right. Uh, let's just get into number four here because I guess I'm just anxious to hear how your uh, movies progress. So uh, let's do it. Number four. 
He doesn't want us to cut through our chains. He wants us to cut through our feet. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Demonic spirits don't possess things. They possess people. He wanted to get inside of you. You know, um, that you can make a scary movie where the visual isn't necessarily the best. You may not have the most money to pull off something right. But if you have a score that basically hits you in the gut, that really reaches down, that's what makes it terrifying. I love his little Australian accent. <laughs> I know, awesome. it's great in it. It's great. Um, I love him. If you're Australian and listening right now, please leave me a like a voice message or something. Margo, um, Margo, get on it. Margo. Yeah, Margo. You know, Margo. She she changed her name. She may not recognize that. What was her name before? I can't remember her name before now. It's just Cape Spring. Oh. Well, if you're uh, out there, she was then, Australia. Yeah. Voice message. She, remember, she, remember, she, remember, she's she's the one that uh, that that was at that uh, penguin thing, and that it was named Kevin and Wes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, there you go. Here's a pretty okay. lengthy shout out for you then. <laughs> um, <laughs> number four. Oh man, again, call me Big Bird. I'm ruffling some feathers. I've got Saw. Oh wow. Yes. Okay. All right. Now That's what it is, brother. Previously, this film would have been higher on my list. I'm telling you, man, I don't know what happened, but re-watching James Wan's discography this time, it just kind of really changed some stuff up for me. Um, watching this film made me, again, maybe it's because I've seen it so many goddamn times that, <laughs> yeah. don't get me wrong, it's a great movie, you know? I would probably score this maybe like an 8.5 out of 10. Like, I, I really enjoy this movie, but... In terms of like some of the other movies he's released, it's just to me it, it, it's knocked down a couple pegs. And rewatching it, I was kind of suspect of the acting, actually, believe it or not. And granted, it's James Wan's first film; it's Lee Winnell's first film. You know, they're just starting. But something interesting, and I, I know I'll get some hate for this, but was Carrie Elwes's um, acting? Really, it's kind of suspect. Kind of suspect. If you go back and watch this movie and kind of pay attention to his acting, it it actually st- stood out for me. You know, it's not like I've ever had anything against him or his films. I I know he's in Princess Bride and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I had him on a higher pe- pedestal because he's like the most kind of experienced person amongst the filmmaking crew mm-hmm. um, and actors, obviously, being Lee Winnell. And Donald Glover as well. Donald Glover did great, I thought, but... Yeah, no, it was just something little no- I noticed this time that I had never noticed before. But yeah, it's just it's really good. Um, the kind of the puppet jigsaw again, hate me, but it, it just kind of is seems a little gimmicky. Um, it has the puppet and the mouth is moving whenever, like he's talking. John Kramer is talking, mm-hmm. and I just always picture. I don't know if John Kramer's sitting there with like his hand up the puppet's ass, and he's like actually like working the mouth like. Hello, Doctor. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like it, I don't know. I just think that's I don't I don't know, man. I I think that Jigsaw has done much better in some of the other movies, honestly, which is kind of strange to say. But um, Saw. Yeah, this is one of the the kind of the neo noir crime thriller f- aspects that I was talking about earlier. You know, that's yeah. it's a nice little mashup that I appreciate. It's this film blew the hatches off of the genre back when it came out this was 2004 so and people like to call this gore porn but this one i wouldn't say so much no I agree. um 
obviously you see a handful of the traps and, but this film is more about the isolation, you know, yep. it's, and James Wan has actually said that with this film, he never wanted to shoot the outside of a house. He always wanted to shoot the inside. So you feel like you're cramped, you're inside constantly. So when you go to Dr. Watson or I cannot remember his character's uh, name. About, when it uh, showed his family. Are you talking about Carrie Elway's? Yes. I, I, Dr. Lawrence Gordon is his name. Lawrence Gordon, that's it, yeah. yeah. When it shows like his 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 wife and daughter, it never shows the outside of their house. When it shows them no. in, at the hospital, it never shows the outside of the hospital. So you're always shown interior. So it kind of increases that isolation and yeah. that tension, which I think is pretty damn brilliant to think of in your first movie. I sure never would have thought of that. I agree. I totally agree. Um, but yeah. I just think that the previous three films, watching it, I enjoyed. I had a better time, honestly. Yeah, I can't argue with that. So, and I think it's uh, Danny Glover, not Donald Glover. That's one of the make sure we got that straight. Oh shit! Who's? Oh, Donald Glover. That's um, Childish Gambino. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, okay. That's, that's all right. No okay. worries, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll just move right along from that. <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you for pointing that out, too. Hey, if yeah. I ever mess up a name, don't be afraid to tell me. Like yeah. I, because. Everyone will be like, oh, my God, he said it wrong. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, man. You're welcome. No problem. Well, all right. Uh, if that's all you got to add to that one? Anything else? No. No. Okay, all right. Well, I'll hit uh, my number four then. My number four is The Conjuring. <laughs> so I, I do think oh, this there you is, go. Yeah, I do think this is better than the second one. Um, I echo everything you said about it before. Um, it's, it's a very solid film. Like, it's just freaky as hell and just – has all the it's all the right uh, notes and the acting is spot on. Like I said, Vera Farmiga is one of my favorite actresses. I love her in um, Bates Motel and just everything she's in. She's a fantastic in. So um, Patrick Wilson, of course, he's amazing as well. Too. Uh, yes. Yeah, I just I love him and just everything in this movie. Just you know, it starts off talking about Annabelle, and there's another spinoff right there that goes into something else. Um, kind of sets the tone for the movie. And then it kind of just leads you right into uh, talking about this uh, this family moves into this house and that fucking tree by the by the you know creek or pond or whatever it is. Fuck, oh my God. that was creepy this in, in itself. Oh my god, dude! It's just it, looking at you're like someone hung from that fucking tree. You can fucking tell it's just right there. <laughs> yeah. it's just there's no doubt about yeah. it. Um, but then of course you go in, and of course he's the king of the jump scare. Um, but honestly, I think he does it in a good way. Um, there's a few that maybe you know not needed. But I think he's really good at it. So whatever you're good at, might as well stick with it. Um, of course, hidden basements are always a good thing to go down and investigate because what you know? Why would someone hide a basement? I mean, ghosts and the piano right at the base of the steps. I thought that was a strange like design interior yeah. design choice. Totally, dude. I mean, every month the house is just fucking freaky. And of course, I was like, ah, who cares? Whatever, it's all right. I mean, really? <laughs> okay, <laughs> be my guest, motherfucker. Because there you go. Um, the the one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. There's two scenes I love in the entire movie really really well. The um, the witch on top of the wardrobe. Yeah, I think the one there. Yeah, I was gonna mention that. Yes. Dude, oh my god, that fucking freaks me out. Um, and then uh, there's something the other one I just had in my brain and it just fucking flew right out. Um, oh my god, dude, this is fucking killing me. Of course, the the hand clapping and the you know when they're doing the clap thing that's that's fucking freaky as shit. Oh yeah, the uh, I guess it's like the first night that she gets the little girl get, kind of gets messed with in the bed, and then she sees something behind the door. 
dude, that scene has so much tension in it. It's ridiculous. Like it just oh, yeah. builds and builds and builds. And it's just like, you don't know what's going to happen next. So you don't, are they going to show this thing? Are they going to, you know, just ignore it? Or, well, and it just, it just gets you from the very top of that scene. It just drags you through it pretty much. So fucking phenomenal. Um, See, believe it or not, that was actually a moment that I remember was one of the reasons why I hated this movie when I first saw it. I felt like a lot of tension was built up, and then it wasn't successfully executed when it comes to the the finale, something being scary. I felt like there was a lot of tension, and then wouldn't be scary. Um, in that scene, it's like, you, oh yeah, the tension is palpable, and it, you could cut the tension with a knife, but yeah, that's what I had mentioned earlier. That's a, that's a door bore yep, scene, yep, yep. where... You're it's right. like, oh my god! Like, what's behind the door? What's behind the door? What's behind the door? And the door slams, and then nothing's there. You know, right, and I'm like, right. damn but, it! Like, but, fuck. But see, but see, the same point that that gets you because you're like, you're expecting something there, and it's not there. Like, oh fuck! Where's it now? You know? So like, that's I kind of have like the opposite effect with that. But I don't know. It's just that's true. What I like, so yeah, I could see it that way. Yeah. Um, Another the cool scene is the uh, the clothesline scene where she's out doing the clothesline, and the sheet comes off, and it hits the ghost. You see the outline of the ghost. Dude, that's so fucking cool. I love that scene so fucking much. It's just, it, that's, it, it kind of catches you. You don't really expect it to happen. And then just right there. So, uh, but I love the fact of just a, the witch is, is kind of the focal point. Um, kind of drags you into the whole, you know, uh, exorcism thing at the end, too, which is just fantastically done. Um, whereas another, another false ending, like, you know, just some false endings that kind of keep you guessing. And, you know, it's kind of been a theme uh, for the past couple of shows is this false endings. And uh, even with The Conjuring 2, gives you the same thing. So, uh, but it's, I guess that I, everything you said, I just really love this film. I love the, 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 you know, I think they're coming with a part three, aren't they? Yes. yes. Um, the Devil Made Me Do It, I think is going to be the title. Yes. So I'm anxious to see how that's yeah. going to be. So, yeah, I hope it's good, but you never know. With third, third entries are always like, eh, you know, but anyway. Yeah, uh, I'm low-key worried about it because... James Wan isn't directing it, and uh, I kind of know what happens to a lot of these films once James Wan leaves the director's chair. Obviously, yeah. the um, Annabelle films aren't highly touted. Uh, again, if you like them, that that's cool. I can see how you do. Um, the Nun. I okay. I'm gonna lie. I've not seen The Nun. I what? have not seen. I have not seen Annabelle Comes Home. I have not seen. Um, there's another one of the newer ones that I had not well, seen. Don't give away. Don't give away and all so, your picks. Are you just telling other people you don't? Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. Come on now. Yeah, no, I won't. Come on now. But uh, yeah, it's just and it's so sad that these films start out the way they do, and then I'm I'm just kind of worried when they drag on because uh, we kind of see how that has tended to go. But mm-hmm. yeah, Conjuring Three. I mean, Conjuring One and Two are are great. So I do have high hopes. I hope it doesn't kind of go that route that some of the other ones may have gone. Down. You know, let's hope. Let's fingers crossed, toes crossed, pubes crossed, all that shit crossed. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's uh, good. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, it's uh, number three is right around the corner. So let's get into it. Number three. He doesn't want us to cut through our chains. He wants us to cut through our feet. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Demonic spirits don't possess things. They possess people. He wanted to get inside of you. You know, uh, that you can make a scary movie where the visual isn't necessarily the best. You may not have the most money to pull off something right. But if you have a score that basically hits you in the gut, that really reaches down, that's what makes it terrifying.
Well, I've got my first sequel here. It is Insidious, Chapter 2. Whoa, really? Yes, yes. Now, again, this is one that I don't remember too highly of. Um, I went back and rewatched this again, like all these films I did. It is a great companion to the first one. And I don't remember feeling like that before. But it's not quite as scary. It's not quite as effective as the first one. But holy hell, dude. Um, the the I can't remember the character, but like the lead scary person, you know, is that old man in the white dress. And yes, yes. That yeah. is just so goddamn scary. And he's like a serial killer. And then he like chokes these people and. There was so many moments in this film that really, really scared me. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a scene where it's two kids in in a, in, in a bedroom, and then there's a closet scene where like the closet like kind of creeps open, and then it's open, and all of a sudden like a girl, like a, like a a younger woman, walks out and walks to the door, and then like looks over at him, like she walks out of this fucking closet out of nowhere. Yeah, I cannot for the life of me remember if that was The Conjuring. The Conjuring 2 or this movie. And I'm pretty sure it was this one, but I'm yeah, not positive I don't, and it's killing me. I don't remember seeing The Conjuring 1 or 2 when I saw them, so I don't remember that scene. Um, And so, but yeah, this was one that I kind of thought could have been the shit pick. But hmm. watching it, I had a blast, man. I was legitimately like creeped out. There was good tension. The, the jump scares were awesome. When they go into that room with all of the victims of this guy and they all have like cloths on them mm-hmm. and then their hands are sticking out from under the cloths and they're just like dead rotting hands. Mm-hmm. Dude, that whole scene is one of the most effective scenes I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, really creepy, man. Just one of those things that got under my skin. I can't really explain it, but I this one held up so much better than I thought it would. I was very, very surprised on a rewatch. And that could possibly be that James Wan had his hand in this film. He was a director for this one. He got to t- he got to continue his own story from the first to the second. And that's why a lot of sequels fails because they they hire a cheaper alternative. They hire a cheaper story writer and cheaper actors and this and that. And they don't bring anybody back. This film brought every single person back all like 10 original people same lee winnell obviously is included in story writing and and acting and and james wan back in the director chair so it's just with that in mind this film just follows what the first one did extremely well so this is a film that maybe if you weren't a fan of again i feel like i've been saying that 20 million times during these episodes but if you weren't a fan of the first time maybe maybe give it another shot you know don't be too serious just go in looking to have some fun and i think you might yeah uh, so i haven't seen the uh, part two in a long time so i'll definitely have to go back and rewatch that for sure so excellent excellent um well my number three pick is uh in cities part one <laughs> so, oh shit okay yeah, yeah like a little, uh, little sequel swap in here um yeah yeah i mean i i guess i didn't i i don't remember two part two that well but like i said i need to go back and rewatch it again but the first one man that first one just brings it. It brings it hard. It brings it long. I mean, it brings it like Kevin does every single night. So I can't. Uh, I can't turn it down. Um, I have told been told that my stamina is a uh, somewhat great. Oh, so. it's it's uh, it's legendary, sir. <laughs> Legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Um, but Minus yeah, the cows. Yeah, yeah. No, no cows. No cows. <laughs> um, 
this movie, like I said, the music in this movie, just, I don't know, man. The music just gets me every time. I can't get past it. It just, it's fucking phenomenal. Um, I love the way that it's a slow burn. It's a big time slow burn. It just, it just gets you. It sucks you into the movie and it just don't let you go to the very end. Um, the, I guess the way that, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to put this the right way. Like the way that it kind of sets up what's going to happen later on, earlier on in the film is so brilliantly done. I think that it's real subtle. And if you are paying attention, you're going to miss it. You're going to, it's not going to be as effective later on because there's some subtle things that happen that are kind of telling the tale of what happens at the end. Um, th- there's so many epic scenes in this. Of course, the one scene that everyone talks about is uh, they're at the table and the, and the mom is telling them the story. And then she looks over and sees the demon behind Patrick Wilson's character, you know, and it's just like, the first time I saw that, I literally almost shit my pants. Um, <laughs> it was in the theater. and dude, That is... That is one of the most effective jump scares I've seen in recent history. Seriously, dude. It's, or it's, memory, rather. It's fucking great, man. I mean, it's just it's awesome. So if you haven't seen this movie, though, honestly, I'm not ruining anything. Like, it will catch you off guard, and it's fucking phenomenal. So um, Lynn Shea, of course, brings it in this film. I fucking love Lynn Shea. Um, she's, uh, she's like Mrs. Horror, you know? <laughs> like, she's in all these, like, great horror films and stuff. And um, one of her epic lines that I just love in this movie is when she looks at the parents and she says, it's not the house that's haunted, it's your son. And I just, like, of course, being a dad, you know, just thinking that, first of all, thinking that your son or your daughter could be uh, haunted is just haunting in itself. But then the fact of also, you know, like, they even talk about losing him to this other dimension. Like, you're thinking, like, okay, if my son is, or daughter is kidnapped, okay, you can do things to find them. But if they're, like, gone somewhere you can't get to, that fucking freaks me out. I can't even wrap my head around that. So that's just freaky in itself. Um, and of course, the movie sets up the further, you know, which kind of goes on through all three of the films, uh, which people people poke fun of, you know, a lot. But it's still it's still a freaky thing to think about. Um, and of course, the wrap up at the end of this movie, you know, and kind of find out how it leads into the second film. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I won't ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Go watch this fucking movie because. What the fuck's wrong with you? I didn't say that at all last episode, did I? Wow. I, blo- I don't blo- think you did. No, I'm losing my mind. Well, of course, it was Dario Jim, so that's why. But no, this movie is just, it's great from start to finish, slow burn, uh, but it's not a bad slow burn. It, it is, it's very action packed. So I don't think that it's one of those that doesn't, it takes a long time to get things going. No, shit pops off and pops off and pops off. So don't think that it's just a slow burn in the fact of the way the story builds and builds and builds and builds to the end. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's great. So go fucking watch this movie. Um, yes. Anything you want to add? Um, no, man. It's okay. a very solid, very solid entry. Very good. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll move along because I think you have uh, some other things to say about later on. So, all right, let's just get to, uh, yeah, already to uh, top two. Wow. This is going pretty fast. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Number two. Number two. He doesn't want us to cut through our chains. He wants us to cut through our feet. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Demonic spirits don't possess things. They possess people. He wanted to get inside of you. You know, uh, that you can make a scary movie where the visual isn't necessarily the best. You may not have the most money to pull off something right. But if you have a score that basically hits you in the gut, that really reaches down, that's what makes it terrifying. 
point. Maybe a, a little bit of a surprise pick, but dead silence. Ooh, all right. Very good. Let's hear now, your thoughts. Yo, this film fucking slaps. Now, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Uh, this is this is a movie I remember really enjoying, but this one ages surprisingly well. Um, I just wrote a review about this on my uh, Instagram page, so um, if you want to kind of get my full grip on that, then definitely check that out, but is is so effective in building that tension that score that James Wan is known for is just palpable and the soundtrack and, and the 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 theme song I can think of it right now and there's so many layers to this film there's that neo noir this is the other film I wanted to talk about with that feeling you know kind of that grimy that dirty kind of feel mm-hmm. um but it also has gothic vibes. There's a lot of like, you know, like the cemetery, like cemetery gate type thing and the smoke rolling in and the old Rolls Royce um, that Patrick or whatever the old Henry, Henry drives the old um, autopsy guy. Right, right. But this film, it has layers to me because it's, it's low key a, a, a slasher when you peel back the layers. It's, the old lady that comes back and she fucking rips your tongue out if you scream. No, it sounds shallow. The uh, uh, like I mentioned earlier, James Wan was very, very unhappy with this movie, as was Lee Winnell, because it was obviously rushed. But it doesn't feel rushed to me. No. I watching this now. This is in my top twenty. This is in my okay, maybe not twenty five, maybe fifty top fifty movies of all time. Because fuck, man, it's great. Yep. It's the colors are kind of saturated a little bit, and there's a lot of reds. So the reds pop. Yes. This is one of those films with great drone footage as well so you have a lot of like beautiful kind of overhead shots of like woods and roads and driving and stuff and mary shaw the idea of her is brilliant she's terrifying in this film dude she still scares me um you have ventriloquist dolls creepy ass ventriloquism dolls and uh the acting is excellent the the lead guy is is surprisingly likable I, yeah. I enjoyed him and his character a lot. Jamie, I believe, was his name in the film. Yes. Um, and my one of the things I love about this film is how you can tell when Mary Shaw's around because the sound slowly drones out. Mm, yes, that is so good. Um, I thought that that was so effective because you're like you're ex- you know shit's about to go down. Um, the gore is mostly CGI, kind of. Um, obviously. You know, it's kind of like a grudge thing where, like, you're like, damn, what the fuck happened? It's like the person's all mangled and their mouth is, has, like, a fucking eight-foot radius hole in it. <laughs> and it's just, how did that happen? Yeah. Um, so that's probably one of my main detractors about this one. But all around, re-watching this film, I had to boost it up my top 100 list because it was just out of this world. I I don't understand how it's, it stood the test of time so well. I don't understand why kind of James Wan isn't more proud of this one. But again, you know, it's it's all opinions, too. I mean, just because I like something doesn't mean that the right. director should like it, you know. But I think that he should just kind of understand that this movie... It, it, a lot of people were saying on my review, too, they're like, yeah, this movie's great, this movie's great, this movie's great. I think that this movie has the potential to be the next cult classic movie. Um, mm. A film that isn't widely known... But the fans that love it fucking love it. And that's yeah. kind of what I've noticed with this one. It's very interesting to see what films are going to line up into that category. So I think Dead Silence from 2007 is definitely going to be considered a cult classic when all is said and done. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. Yes, very well said. 
Very, very well said. Thank you. Uh, I will hold my thoughts for some other time. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you're paying attention, you'll, yeah, it's, it'll all come around. Uh, <laughs> so my number two pick uh, is a film you don't seem to like very much, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, Saw, the very first Saw. Okay. Um, I really enjoy this film. Um, I guess it's just a fact of like, it, it is, is almost like a whodunit and I'm a big whodunit fan. Um, but also has a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of, you know, character developments with a lot of characters that are really deep and you actually get really attached to them. Honestly, um, you get really attached to the, the, the two men in the room. You get attached to his family. You get attached to Danny Glover's character because he's trying to figure all this shit out. And, you, you know, you find all this stuff about all these characters and how they all intertwine together. And at the end, of course, you give the big reveal and it all kind of works together to make this story come together. And you're like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome, you know? Um, you got some gore thrown in there. You got some, uh, you know, uh, few other things. Like, and like I said, it's, it's all about how it all fits together, though. That's, you know, you, you think of Saw movies and they're all of them are like that. But this first one really does set the tone perfectly for the franchise um, as it goes forward. The first time I saw saw um, with the, uh, the yeah, but yeah, uh, the, you know what he saw. Of course, he saws his foot off. You don't think that's going to happen? Then I'm sorry. It's just the way it has to be. Um, that made me sick to my stomach, literally. Like it didn't really show it at all, but just knowing what he was doing was just like he got to me. He really fucking got to me. And the way he's all pale after that, and he's just oh god, dude, that's just that gives me every fucking time. Um, I think it's so funny too that the, one of the, it, there's a lot, a lot of like dark inside humor in this. If you kind of catch it, if you're not paying attention, you kind of miss it. But the scene where they're trying to figure out, uh, I guess trying to figure out where a key is or something like that, or, or just something. And uh, they, it gets directed to the toilet in the room. And rather than open the back of the toilet up, he just starts digging in the shit. And then he's Yo, like, I noticed that you know, I'm like, and then of course he's like, well, I tried the top. And he's like, Oh, it's right here. You know, I'm like, Oh my God, he's dig, dug and shit. He, he could have checked the top. <laughs> I should have looked in there first. Exactly. It was it's a little thing like that. It kind of make you laugh and kind of, Oh my God, I can't believe that fucking happened. But, um, but yeah, just, and it, of course, you know, if you haven't seen Saw fast forward, cause I'm about to fucking ruin it for you. Uh, when John Kramer jigsaw stands up at the end, you, I, I, Yo. I was like, Holy shit. Like that is fucking incredible i just it was blew me the fuck away um but yeah this whole this whole movie it just it kind of set that tone for like the new wave of horror uh of course it came out like every halloween so it was something to watch in halloween and you know get y'all scared out of everything like that so that was fantastic too so just the whole franchise i just love the franchise i watched it through uh, a few months ago and it it does stand up pretty well i know people have a problem with it whatever you think what you want, but I really enjoyed the franchise. Of course, this first one really gets me every time uh, I see it. So I think I've probably seen it twice in like the past like month, I think. So, yeah, but it's just a a very solid movie. And John Kramer is, I mean, if, if he had not, of course, we're going to ruin some more stuff. If he had got cancer in the later films, of course, I think he found out he gets in the first one too, but like he would have been a horror action star. Like he was, he was a badass dude. Like he, Got it going on, but of course, cancer has fucking slowed his ass down, and you know. So I don't know. And I, I, yeah, I, go ahead. I was just going to mention with talking about him having cancer. I that was kind of something I didn't really understand from the franchise that how quick they kind of killed him out and then continued the story. That's kind of when it went downhill personally for me. The franchise I love the first three, mm-hmm. um, 
but that every single movie that came out, it was like, this happened, right? And then the next movie would be like, oh, but this happened before that. And this movie was like, oh, this happened before that, and that's why this happened. Right. And it, it a lot of it, if done well, if written correctly, that's fantastic. Like, it's like, oh, shit, that's why this happened. That's why this happened. Um, but to me, that didn't really, it just kept dragging it on. You can say, oh, this happened before this, and you can make a thousand movies of doing that, you know? Right without having to necessarily correlate it specifically. And the the reason why I mentioned correlate was there's a scene in, uh, I'm going to try and just bust this out real quick, yeah, in Insidious where the door slams open and the alarm goes off and they don't know why. Yes. But in the second film, it shows you, it it's the guy in the further and he's busting in the, do the door to get rid of the demon that they just saw. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you make a film, a sequel, and you correlate specific scenes and explain why those happened. I like that. But personally with the Saw franchise with him getting the cancer so early on, I was, I was very surprised that because like you mentioned, he had his character, John Kramer could have been so big, uh -huh. you know, yep. but they killed him off. Yep. I mean, it, like I said, it, it, the wraparound in the series of the franchise really has me. Uh, that's why I kind of like the franchise so much is that there, there is a sort of wraparound and it kind of it ties together throughout all the films. Um, but like I said, I, I understand why you, why you, you know, you don't like the later films. And like I said, I, they aren't the best. I'll be the first one to admit that. But like I, I said, as a franchise, I think it does a, a pretty good job of doing that. But that's just me. I'm old and weird and stupid. So, yeah, no, but to be fair, the, exactly to counter, con, to counter react to exactly what I said earlier or contradict, mm -hmm. I haven't seen these in a long time. Mm -hmm. sure. um, so I, I definitely need to revisit it before I kind of, talk down on them that's true but yeah same point like you have you have what you what's in your mind so i, I can't fault you for that uh one right. one scene i want to talk about before we move on to our number one picks uh one of my favorite scenes in the entire film and i know it's you know not one of the main well-known scenes but the scene where uh the guy that's taking the picture it's all lee one else character like he's you know he's uh in his house and he's uh uh shit in the photography room yes but what does he do what, is, what do they call that i can't think of what they call that uh oh you know, with photos, he's making, uh, he's making the pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the, um, that's gonna bother me, dude. That's gonna bother the fuck out of me. Holy shit. Um, anyway, what he's in there doing the pictures. Um, someone hit me up and tell me what that is because my brain just doesn't work right now. Um, anyway, and his, the lights go out and he's using his camera, the flash, to see what's in the in the his apartment. Dude, that's developing pictures. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. You got it. But that scene is so brilliant. I could, because you think every time he flashes, because he's gonna see something. You know, when it's not to the very last thing he checks, you know, and he, you think, okay, someone's going to be in the closet and he does it and then see anything You're like, oh shit. All of a sudden there it comes. It's, it's such a, a good jump scare because it, it leads you in one, one direction. And then it just goes, nope. But yeah, you know, so I, I love that part so much. But um, anyway, it's saw is saw and you've got to go saw it or you call saw you in half. So there you go. <laughs> um, all right. I think we're at number one, my friend. So are you ready to ready to hit it? Oh yeah. And I really don't have any clue what your number one's gonna be, so I'm excited to, to figure this out. So uh, we will see. Let's do it. Number one. He doesn't want us to cut through our chains. He wants us to cut through our feet. Beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. Demonic spirits don't possess things. They possess people. He wanted to get inside of you. 
you know, uh, that you can make a scary movie where the visual isn't necessarily the best. You may not have the most money to pull off something, right? But if you have a score that basically hits you in the gut, that really reaches down, that's what makes it terrifying. So I got to go with a film here that is in my... One of my most favorite recent horror films is Insidious God. from 2010. Very uh, nice. Very nice. The, yeah, this, is, this probably isn't a huge surprise, but this it, – it, and that's the funny too because when you watch a movie you've seen a lot before, it, it kind of loses its charm maybe. It loses its palpability to get under your skin. But like every time I watch this one, man, the score is literally what sells this movie. It's – there's loud tings and tangs and literally you have to watch this movie to understand what I'm talking about, but it's so unique for when it came out. I mean, there's a lot of films that do it now, but the second one's the exact same, the exact same, just creepiness and the noises and everything. So, but this film kind of also mixes in like old music, like that tiny Tim song through the window. Oh my God. And it does that so well. And just, there's things where you're not expecting them to be um, redirecting your eye. James Wan is a master at doing that. Like you, you expect something to be coming from somewhere and then it's right behind you, right. you know, like, right. Right. Uh, and obviously that demon scene behind Patrick Wilson is legend, honestly, pretty le- legendary at this point. It, it will probably go down as one of the kind of scariest moments in horror because every single person I've talked to that's, that have seen this movie yeah. has that same reaction just because it is the least worked up to jump scare I've ever seen in my life because it's just <laughs> not expecting it whatsoever. So oh. just the the effectiveness of this film, the acting is great. Um, it's kind of sad because this is one of those um, franchises that I was alluding to that really kind of went down the shitter, in my opinion. Um, three was a decent uh, like prequel to, I don't know what the hell that was about, but that one was pretty okay. Mm. Um, but four was, I thought a travesty. Oh, it was, it was I was, I thought it was terrible. The acting, honestly, Lynn Shea is in this movie and it just feels like an indie movie, man. It felt like it was made for no budget. It feels cheap. The acting was very bad. And I, that blows my mind. Yep. It's so sad because the first two entries are just beyond this world. And, and again, that's when James Wan stepped out of the director's chair. So be that as it may or may not be, it's just this movie is so extremely effective in everything that it does, and it still holds up extremely well ten years later now. So, yep, I agree. again, this is a film that I could either go on forever about or feel speechless about, and it won't matter either way. So, I will just stop now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Everything you said was spot on. Like it's a, it's a very fantastic film. Honestly, it really is. Uh, I do need to go back and watch the second part, though. I really, I may watch that tonight. Yes, uh, yes, definitely do. I'll definitely check that out. Um, all right. So my number one film, do you have an idea what my number one film is? Um, no. Cause I think I'm going through my list. Oh, yep. Okay. I know. You know that. <laughs> yeah. I think you know too. Uh, it's dead silence. So yes, yes. Dude, yes. I'm so excited. You love this movie. I fucking love this film. Um, I, every, everything about it, everything about it. It's, you know, it exactly. Like it's just the music and the the fucking dolls are creepy as shit, man. This is like you know the first scene, you know the first kill. It's so well set up. I love the way they do that. 
I love the way that, you know, they look after they've been killed. I know you see the problem with the way their mouths are stretched open, but I, I think that's so crazy looking though. It's just, oh, it's weird. Um, I love the fact of like, um, I was looking through my notes here and just trying to figure out, uh, like, how, and, and Donnie Wahlberg has to show up in fucking Saw and in this movie, fucking doll movies with him. I don't know what the deal's about, but anyway, I love him. He's one of the greatest, <laughs> you know, B movie actors of all time. <laughs> but, um, oh, and like, you, like you said, like the, the way that the colors are too, I, I put down my notes, like the, the, the color, the use of like the bland, you know, blues and grays and the darker tones with those red accents are just perfect like they just it sucks me at that oh fucking love it um brilliant yeah of course mary shaw is one of the freakiest looking women i've ever seen in my fucking life even when she's like alive she still looks like a fucking corpse so um yeah just great like you said just just then the war around it you know with the the graveyards and the, the old houses and even the motel the motel scene where you know the the dummies like looking into the mirror and i just everything about this movie freaks me the fuck out dude uh, and dolls really don't get to me that much, but for some reason, this movie really gets me that, you know, the end scene where they're, I know. yeah, I'm telling you, man, they're in that big, you know, the, uh, auditorium, you know, and they find the, like the wall of dolls and stuff. It's just, Oh my God. And that fucking clown doll. I have, I've written down, I said that a clown puppet needs to be kicked across the room <laughs> because it fucking freaks me <laughs> out, dude. Um, I don't know, man. Just everything about this film is just great. Like the, the sound design, the, the music, the acting is really good. Uh, the storyline is just spot fucking on. And of course the ending, I love the ending to this film because it honestly didn't see, I mean, you don't see it coming because uh, you know, they kind of like mask it a little bit, but at the same point, if you really pay attention, you can figure it out, but it's, Oh, it's brilliantly dude, it's, done. It's great. I just fucking love it. Um, like I said, the, the acting in it is just so good that you can't really fault it for anything, honestly, because it's one of the best movies that he's ever done. will ever do. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen this film, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go out and watch Dead Silence right fucking now. Um, Seriously, it, and how are we not about to talk about our boy Donnie Wahlberg? Dude, Donnie Wahlberg, man, fucking, he's okay. I I was gonna put uh, Saw Part Two in my list, but of course it was a producer's credit, so I was like, ah, I don't really want to do that if I have to. Um, but I love I love him in Saw Part Two though. He's really good in that movie and. Really great in this movie. He's such a wisecracking asshole. I just I love that. So oh my god, I, I don't understand why he's shaving the whole time. Does I, it ever explain why he does that? I think it's just the fact of like you know, just who he is. I guess like just the character of always like he's always worried yeah. about his looks maybe or something. I don't know, but I just yeah, I think it's like and I think it's really funny how like at the end like he's just gonna try to stop Jamie from going to this thing and dude just knocks him the fuck out. <laughs> like aren't you like a trained <laughs> cop? And come on, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? But, uh, yeah, well, the fucked up thing also that he did was um, digging up all of the dolls' bodies. Yes, in that creepy ass cemetery late at night. I'm like, who the hell are you? Are you fucking like Iron Man? You you're not you're not scared of anything. Like, who is going to go to an abandoned, old, super scary, uh, fucking cemetery after this guy claims that there's a killer doll? Yeah, and the, like all of Mary Shaw and everything. He's like this thing's killing people. So, you know, shit's in the air. And he's like, eh, I'll just go dig up all these, uh, dummies that were buried in the scary ass Gothic feeling, uh, cemetery. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's, I mean, 
I might do something like that, but I'm crazy as fuck. So that's just, that's part of me. Um, <laughs> that the scene at the end where he gets on the boat and goes across to the theater, dude, I love that setting so much. Like I want my house to be like that, you know, <laughs> like, Oh my God, that's sick. Oh, yeah. so good. Like I want people like to take it, like take a boat to my house, you know, like it's all creepy and like the fog's rolling in and shit. And there's like, you know, dead, you know, trees everywhere. Oh, it's so good. Oh my God. The movie just, the, the the nostalgic part of this, you know, I, it's, you know, I've watched it a lot, you know, over the years, but like just the feeling you get watching it, just seeing all the, the scenery, it's, it's just so good, so great. Just go watch this movie right fucking now. It's just the best. So, oh, yeah. Yep. Well, I think that about wraps it up um, for Mr. James Wan. Uh, he has a plethora of films to watch, uh, even especially not a horror. So, if you haven't seen any of his films, go watch, go pick a few out and just fucking watch them. Especially The Conjurings, The Insidious, you know, uh, the Saw franchise. We only directed the, like, the first one, but still that entire franchise will just suck you right in. And of course, Dead Silence. I mean, it's a standalone film, but it was just, it's, I love it. So, um, oh yeah, just fantastic stuff. Um, all right, we'll, we'll shut. Well, oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, before we move on, um, have you seen most of, like, the recent films he's produced, such as, like, Annabelle Comes Home or The Nun or – I know you saw The Curse of La Lorna Yeah, La Llorona. Yeah, that – his his most – his current films, I just don't like him. Like, I saw Annabelle Comes Home. I didn't really, I, Annabelle movies just aren't for me. I tried to watch uh, the Annabelle creation, and I got halfway through it. I was like, this just isn't, isn't good. I just didn't like it. Um, yeah, I preferred that one over the first Annabelle, though. If I'm being honest. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I agree with you on that totally. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like the Nun at all. Um, I don't it was know. boring. Yeah, it's just not great. I like the Curse of. Uh, I don't know how to say it. I'm not going to say it because Esme will get on my ass for saying that. So wrong. She did the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. I'll let you say it. Um, but yeah, just it just just didn't get me. It didn't grab me like I wanted it to. You know, like you do. And I mean, if it oh, yeah. If movie doesn't grab me like Kevin does, well, yeah, there's very few things. Like, you know, Scream does it to me, but, and Kevin does it to me. Other than that, I don't really know what else does. So, um, if if you want to be, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friend. No, you got to grab, you you got to grab me like my friends. There you go. That's that's even better. There you go. Oh, dearie me. Um, all right. So anyway, anything else you want to add before we move on? Um, yeah, some uh, honorable mentions. I wanted yes. to actually talk about Lights Out. Oh. It was a uh, producer credit. Have you seen that one? I have seen it. Yes, I've seen the short and the movie. So, Yes. Now, this was one I was very, very surprised with. However, upon a rewatch, it was definitely not like top five worthy. No. But this was very effective when I saw it when it first came out. I thought it was so fucking creepy, man. But mm-hmm. Yep, same here. Yeah, just... Uh, Rewatching it, I don't know. It didn't really draw me in like it it, it, it did before, but it's still a, a really good movie. And I I think that if you are looking at films that James Wan is involved with, um, like de- I'd say definitely check out Lights Out. Yeah, well, even the short. I found the short better than the movie. Um, that yeah, short, I haven't seen oh, the short. Oh my god, that fucking dude! Go watch that. As soon as we finish this, go watch it because it is creepy as shit. So. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's like it's, I, I had higher expectations for it because the short was so good, but they, it really is one they can't, you gotta have to draw out. So I was like, eh, it is what it is. Um, all right. So I guess that's, uh, that's it for Mr. One. Um, 
All right, so I guess we'll go do some shout-outs, I guess. We'll do uh, we'll do the, the patrons, of course, first. You guys are just fucking amazing. I love all you guys. Like Kevin said last time, you're OGs. You're always there. You've been there from almost the very beginning. Uh, we've added a few new ones here and there, so really appreciate all you guys. We have stuff planned uh, to put out for, uh, for all the patrons that we're going to release these episodes early for you guys. And, yeah, we just can't say enough nice things about you. Um, we love you to death, so thank you very, very fucking much. Um, podcast. What we do for the patrons? I just did. We said we released uh, the episode early, and that you have our undying love. Well, of course I do. I mean, that's a given. (laughs) I I will, I will, I will give eulogies at all of your funerals, uh, and I would hope the same for you. If I die first, please come give a eulogy and tell people how much how how old I was. And uh, well, you know, I'm gonna die in a day now, so I guess it's you know kind of Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, moving along. Um, some podcasts you got to check out. You got to check out Alone in the Dark podcast. You got to check out Dolls of Horror. And you got to check out a podcast on Elm Street. These three are fucking amazing. And I'm actually trying to get a new network started still right now uh, for a podcast network. So I don't know. We're going to see what happens with that. But that's on the back burner for the moment. Uh, but seriously, those those three podcasts, fucking amazing uh, the Dolls of Horror have had both of us on to talk about uh, some films, so go check those episodes out, especially. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and, and uh, merch store. Thank you guys so much for purchasing all this stuff from the merch store. I swear you guys are just fucking awesome. Uh, the new t-shirt we put out has done really well so far. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, actually, I got to buy one. I got to get that going very fast. Um, and I'm trying to think what else... Uh, yeah, I guess we'll just plug ourselves up. I guess that's the way it has to go. Uh, like I'm going to plug Kevin up tonight. That's huh? Yep. Um, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So you can find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at It's a Horror Podcast. Same for Facebook. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Fuck it, right? And it's stupid ass. Um, and my personal Instagram is Old Man Ghostface, and yours is? Slashing Captain. And Mr. Slash and Captain has a ton of awesome reviews, so go check his page out. And you can also search just the reviews by searching the hashtag Slash and Captain Reviews. So there you go. Uh, Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Whenever I can plug you up, I am there right behind you, just plugging it up. So there you go. Hell yeah. Wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, pretty much. You can tell Bean that she can, you know, take a hike because I got this covered. <laughs> <laughs> tell her to put up her gold, put, put her shop on collection up because I got this covered. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Bean. <laughs> By the way, she is killing it with it with the TikToks. Oh my god, dude! She. Oh yeah, huh? Fucking love that shit, dude. She can. She every time I watch one, I just laugh my ass off. She, she's killing that. So I'm glad you like them. Yes, go go check her out because she's fucking badass. Um. Oh, wait, what is her Instagram? Shut her out. I actually don't know offhand. <laughs> well, fuck. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll share some stuff in my story about her. So there you go. Uh, anyway. There you go. There you go. That works. Perfectly done. Um, okay. So do you anything you want to add before you say anything else? Nah, man. I okay. think we're ready to bounce. All right. Well, let's figure out what we're doing next time because I am really curious to see who we're going to cover next. So who are we going to cover next? Do we even know? I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You know what? Okay. First ever. Let's just figure it out right now as we're recording. Uh, okay. I, you know what? I'll pick it. How about that? 
Uh, let's see. Good. That works. Yeah, that works. All right. Let's see. Let's pull up our list of directors. We actually sat down on our trip to uh, Atlanta and figured all these out. Um, all right. So let's go. Let's go old school. Let's go a little old school on it because we just we just did James Wan. Um, damn, I got a good one, dude. <laughs> I got a real good one. Oh yeah. How about Hitchcock? Oh shit. Yeah, let's throw it back. All right, let's throw it back to Hitchcock then. I'm excited about this dude, seriously. Uh, he has a lot of amazing films. You know, we may have covered a couple already, so who knows? But uh, yeah, so Hitchcock is coming up next. So be prepared for that. Uh, dude, let's just, let's bounce. Like you said, I'm ready to go get some fucking food and chill the fuck out tonight and watch some good uh, horror films. So I'll wrap it up by saying my name is Wes. And I'm Kevin. And we'll see you next time. Don't let her get away, Mommy. Don't let her live. I won't, Jason. I won't.